We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're helping a listener rebuild an orphan dynasty team on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners at Rotoviz. We have been busy in advance of this episode talking through a dynasty startup that we are currently in. A lot of moves being made, a lot of back and forth. This is the stuff that keeps uh, you know, Curtis feeling young and alive. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> Feel, feeling young and alive, man. Like yep. you said, um, this is awesome, man. We are we are deep in the throes of an FFPC Rotoviz Triflex startup, and uh, we're just smashing, having a blast, uh, negotiating with some really other talented, high stakes dynasty players, and yeah, it keeps me going, man. It gets my heart racing. I actually, uh, I, I thought we were about ready to close a deal for one Mr. Jonathan Taylor <laughs> during the startup. So I, I got out the old trusty every time we talk Jonathan Taylor, I got to get out the Colonel E.H. Taylor. And uh, I, I thought it maybe would just be the juju that we needed. Couldn't get the deal done. And we are sitting in one of these lovely Rotoviz Triflex dynasty startups with Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill at wide receiver. And Travis Kelsey at tight end. This is your friendly reminder to play Dynasty at myffpc.com, the home of the best Dynasty format in fantasy football, the Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty format. Yeah, for sure. I would say that maybe you want to try to stay out of the leagues, though, with the man Curtis Patrick driving these trades, making the moves. Uh, but Nonetheless, though, it is a fantastic place to play, and that is why, Curtis, we have prepared yet another FFPC stat attack. I'm the guy that hits the drop on that one. Yep. <laughs> just awkward pause. Dude, okay, if they ever do an award FF. for fantasy football drops and we don't <laughs> win it, then I don't know what's going on. Uh, we dropped the drop. Yep. Okay. Um, so on this team we're talking about uh, tonight, um, listener Kevin 
had Saquon Barkley on his roster when he took over the orphan. And so it just really got me thinking about the context of Saquon's career. So this uh, FFPC stat attack from the Rotoviz Game Splits app um, is all about Saquon Barkley. And Dave, I just, I forget how long he's already been in the league. It's crazy. So I, I was just thinking, you know, man, it's been so long since we've seen Saquon. What are his splits with and without Daniel Jones? You know, thinking, okay, like, you know, the team brought in Tyrod Taylor. You know, what is it going to look like if if Jones gets benched? Saquon's played more games without Daniel Jones in his career than with him. Like that actually blew my, blew my mind. Um, I think of them as just having overlapping careers, but Saquon's entire rookie season and uh, about a quarter of his second season were with Eli Manning at the helm. And then I think he's also got maybe some Mike Glennon games in there, but Dave, it might disappoint our listeners who are hoping for a Saquon resurgence in 2022 to learn that in 19, Daniel Jones games, Saquon Barkley has averaged just 14.92 PPR. Now that's not slouchy production, 254 points over the course of a season. It's, it's healthy back end RB one type stuff. It's not league winning type stuff without Daniel Jones in 25 games, average 20.5 PPR, 349 PPR pace. That is league winning stuff. So we'll have to see which version of Saquon do we get? Is he healed? you know, in year two post injury and a uh, new offensive system. Can he and Daniel Jones actually uh, get on the same page and get that production ramped up? Uh, that is our FFPC sad attack for today's episode. We already talked about why you want to play over there. Dave, let's cut into this roster. Yeah, let's do it. So we talked a little bit uh, earlier in the year about taking over an orphan, how it can be a fun way to kind of get your mind into another form of building a dynasty. It's a good exercise. We had a listener write in um, and gave us a very comprehensive list of the moves that he's made, what this team looked like when he took over, uh, where it's at now. And then he had some questions for us. So let's start just by talking about this team that he took over. And then Curtis, maybe you can quickly highlight one or two things that you would have been looking to do. We'll talk about that before we look into the approach that he took. Uh, it is a one quarterback league um, on the FFPC. So you're going to have tight end premium scoring. The team that mm-hmm. he inherited had Aaron Rodgers, Saquon, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, your boy, Rashad Penny, Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, Robbie Anderson, Jarvis Landry, Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry, and then 2022 picks. He had all original team picks at the three spot except for the round three pick. To me, at first glance, there's some really interesting names on this roster, uh, and it actually seems like a fun one to take over. When you look at this roster, where's your mind headed uh, in your initial reaction? Yeah. Th- my first reaction is this is why uh, joining or taking over uh, an orphan on this format can be so fun. You know, th- the FFPC has done a very nice job uh, even before we uh, designed our format on their, their platform. They've done a nice job of ensuring parity uh, within leagues. You're, you're, you're very, very rarely going to see an absolute dumpster fire uh, of an orphan. Um, in the event that that you want to take one over. And there's definitely some pieces here. I mean, 
not too many quarterbacks really driving interest in one QB leagues, but Aaron Rodgers is certainly not, uh, a, you know, a player where you f- would feel like you need to address that position. There's some name brand running backs here with Saquon and Sanders and Penny and the Penny Carson tandem. It's kind of nice. You actually see this handcuff approach in a lot of the older one QB mm-hmm. uh, FFPC leagues. It's nice to know that you've got kind of that weekly starter and a, and a high volume uh, rushing attack there in Seattle. The wide receiver court um, is sneaky good. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously one of the potentially the top uh, non-quarterback asset in Dynasty, depending on um, who you ask. Now in the one QB FFPC format, you're only required to start two wide receivers. And so for that reason, you typically typically are going to see Jonathan Taylor valued as the 101. Uh, and th- that style of league with probably Chase and Jefferson, uh, they're you know close behind. But Amari Cooper... Uh, we like his situation in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson now and being the clear wide receiver one, probably a little bit better situation than he had in Dallas. Jarvis Landry, you don't know where he's going to land. Christian Kirk just got the big money in Jacksonville. If Trevor Lawrence actually turns out to be what we thought he would be, Kirk could be nice. Mark Andrews, one of the most valuable players in this format, tight end premium, round two uh, startup pick for sure. So yeah, it's it's a good squad. and And having most of the rookie picks there too, I mean, this is a team you can be wheeling and dealing and, and really flip it around. So I'm curious to run through the moves that Kevin made, see where he's at and see if we can give him any more advice on moving forward. Yeah. You know, like when I saw this team, I actually thought that this is one of those that's in the running. You make a couple of moves and things break your way. You could find a lot of excess right out of the gate in year one with this team. Uh, he said that his main goal with the moves that he made was to get a top three wide receiver core. Uh, other than that, he was just trying to sell high on some players that may not have the same value next offseason. Something that we like to talk about a lot is thinking about where a player is going to be as you head into the next year. So he actually moved Amari. This was before the trade. He gave Amari, got Trey Lance, Rondale Moore, and the 303. I'm going to read through all of these first, Curtis, and then you can kind of break down what your thoughts are. Then he gave Aaron Rodgers, Chris Carson, the 503, 603, and the 703, got Mike Williams. This one's pretty interesting, so I'm curious what you think about there with that many pieces for Mike Williams. Gave the 303, got Cole Komet. Um, This was a cut-down trade. Then gave Mark Andrews the 103 in a 2023 first, got Justin Jefferson a 204, 205, 304, 2023 in a second. Wow, it's a big, big trade there as well. Then gave the 205, got Kareem Hunt, gave Saquon, got Stefan Diggs, gave Christian Kirk, got the 307 and a 2023 second. All right, that is a ton of information that we just read off. Probably hard for listeners to digest, but could you just give like a high level assessment of what went on there? Because I think that one of the questions that Kevin actually asks, um, are these trades actually making his team better? Is he just running in place? Which I think is a thought that people often have. There's this idea that if you make a lot of trades, make a lot of moves, you're you're doing something to push your team forward, but that might not necessarily be the case. What do you, what do you think here? Okay, I'm just going to re- break down the individual trades and then I want to get back to kind of that strategic thought that you just dropped there at the end. Okay, so he notes that this was pre-trade. Um, give Amari Cooper, get Trey Lance, Rondell Moore, and the 303. 
Um, I think it's a fair deal, um, especially with Amari still in Dallas at that point in time, still with Dak Prescott, uh, still kind of battling with CeeDee Lamb and potentially Michael Gallup. Um, hard to think that Amari would accrue additional value or, you know, really a redraft production um, bounce for 2022. Lance is a total wild card, but you get Rondale Moore, the exit of AJ Green, the exit of Christian Kirk. You have to think that Rondale is going to at least get a, a more of a chance to fail in year two, um, even though he looked pretty inefficient as a rookie. Uh, volume solves a lot of woes. Um, so I, I think this one's a wash, probably. Um, I think post Amari trade, you know, and you don't always have this information, obviously. Post Amari trade, I don't know that I, I like it as much, especially as we hear more and more about Jimmy G maybe staying in San Francisco with how early in the offseason this deal was made. I think this deal was also probably made with more of a presumption uh, that Trey Lance would be the starter. And that seems to be up in the air a little bit more. So uh, we'll call it a wash, all things considered. Um, the second deal was Aaron Rodgers, Chris Carson, and then those late picks round five, six, and seven for Mike Williams. Now, for those of you that don't play on the FFPC, there are some veterans available in the rookie draft each season. So we, we cut the rosters down in this old uh, style of league. The rosters are cut down to 14 position players. And so you, you often have some players that would be considered uh, worth maybe a rookie third, a whole bunch of them. Um, also available to you in in the rookie draft. So five, six, five and six in particular, you're probably going to get a player you're going to flex on your roster at some point during the year uh, with those selections. So just kind of keep that in mind. All of that being said, I think Mike Williams, fresh off the new contract, tied to Justin Herbert. Um, I, I, I mean, you won this trade. This is a clear win for me. Yep. Uh, give the 303, get Cole Komet. I think it's a fair deal. Um, in the eyes of most, I think it's a clear win. Um, this year's tight end rookie class, as we've come to find out, is not very exciting. There's not a lot of depth. There are some upside dart throws that are getting pushed up the board because of the lack of quality at the top. Cole Komet uh, famously scored zero touchdowns last season, but actually was a, a pretty involved player in the offense. Something in the neighborhood, I'm not looking at a stat line, something in the neighborhood of 60 receptions and around 600 receiving yards. If he posts the Typical, you know, four, five, six receiving touchdowns with that. He's like a back end tight end one. Mm -hmm. um, and if Fields takes a step forward, I mean, there's certainly no reason that Komet couldn't have like Dalton Schultz level production in 2022. I think he's just a pretty sneaky player. Love this deal, especially for a rebuilding team. The last one that you got to, and then I know there's some simpler ones to break down. This was the monster trade. This is the team reshaper. Uh, the Mark Andrews, the 103 and the future first sending all of that away. So very easy. I mean, this could very easily be three, three top three picks, depending on how you look at it. I mean, this is a mega value. You do get Justin Jefferson and three seconds and a third. I think it's, I think it's a loss on value. Um, I think it's a loss on value. Now, having scrolled through this show sheet a little bit and seeing where the team ends up, I'm, I can live with it because we had a couple other wins that we stack up here after the fact. And that's what happens when you trade in volume. You know, um, I think Kevin gave us a note here and he said, my main goal is to get a top three wide receiver core. So listen, if that's going to be your strategy and that's how you're going to build this squad and you, you know, building a downside case for Mark Andrews in this trade, 
you know, um, you know, Mark Andrews, his, his big, real big win streak last season actually came after Lamar Jackson went down. Um, he was still a top tight end at the beginning of the year, but Jackson was really grooving and jiving with Hollywood Brown. And it wasn't until Jackson went out that the whole offense really revolved around Andrews. So if you think he takes a small step back this year, plus Rashad Bateman takes a step forward and with the running backs coming uh, back, you know, JK Dobbins, et cetera, you know, maybe the offense potentially Melvin Gordon, potentially (laughs) uh, the offense throwing a little bit less, you know, I can, I can see how you would have spun this into, you know what? I can live with it. And, you know, 25, 35% hit rate on those second round picks. One of those three seconds, you're probably getting a, a quality starter out of, uh, if you just do things like by the road of his, uh, fantasy football rookie draft guide each year. So, um, this one's a loss, but I don't hate it. And I understand why the last thing that I will say before we get into these other deals is, um, you know, I, I think he had mentioned something like a fear of, you know, am I just, you know, kind of treading water or running in place with all these moves? Even just throwing that aside, when one of the best times um, to to reshape a team, whether you're the the orphan adopter or you're just a manager in a league where a different owner has come in uh, accepting the orphan is that initial, you know, first couple of weeks, all these moves that you made, starting with the first one, probably got that league re-energized thinking, Hey, you know, maybe we've been a little bit stagnant. There's a new manager in town and deals can be made. Um, So that first deal sometimes is important. And again, you didn't really give up much value in that Amari Lance Rondale move. And then look at the waterfall that you created. I mean, in just a couple of months, seven dynasty trades, on this squad. So regardless of your win and loss, I, I think right now I've got you with three wins and three wins, a loss and a tie. It's a pretty good trade record there. Uh, Dave, let's hit the final three that he made and then talk about where his roster is today. Sure. Um, so it was the, the give the two Oh five get Kareem hunt, give Saquon. I think that's fair. I think it's a fair deal. Um, yep. and this team needed some running back attention. For um, sure. Okay, so we got another tie. Dude, th- this next one. Woo! Give Saquon mm. gets digs. I mean, this this is an absolutely tremendous trade, in my opinion. I mean, as far as trades go, this is one that, that, that this goes through, you start dancing, I think. Yeah, it's really nice. And when you think about, e- even if, if Diggs and Saquon both hit their optimal in terms of um, remaining useful, like value over replacement fantasy seasons. Yep. I would put my money on Diggs over Saquon, despite him being, you know, four and a half years older. Uh, I think Diggs would have more staying power. Does not, is not battling the injuries is in a better offensive situation. Um, has the long-term deal now. Like I, I just, I, I love this. So any value that you lost potentially in the Andrews for Jefferson deal um, you you regained in this one, which is really cool. And you you know you said Kevin that you wanted to build a top three wide receiver core. Well, you have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Stephon Diggs. If I'm keeping track correctly, plus Mike Williams uh, at this point, and we're not even done. And I mean, you you nobody has a, a wide receiver core that can beat this from a dynasty perspective in your league. And even without looking at the other rosters, like the only way 
anyone could rival what you've done, even in a shorter term window, would be maybe if they had Tyreek, Devontae Adams, and CeeDee Lamb or something like that. Like that's really it's very unlikely that somebody's rivaling your wide receiver core. So kudos on that deal. And it looks like the last one he made, Dave, was send Christian Kirk, get a future third and a future second. Um, I, th- I think that's a wash. The second is in 2023. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that. I would view that as maybe giving me more flexibility in the upcoming rookie draft. I think people will be more interested in the deals you can offer moving these picks around probably, you know, in this format of, of fantasy play, most owners were probably looking at Kirk as a replaceable item anyway. He would have yeah. been a borderline cut, borderline cut candidate, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that this one largely comes down to what a person's personal opinion is on Kirk. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's where we are um, on the moves. Before we get into talking about that current roster, hitting up a couple of questions, I want to remind listeners, um, first of all, if you want to have your team highlighted like this, and I know that some people don't like when we run, th- you know, hearing about other players' teams, but I think that there's a lot of important lessons and takeaways. And remember, we're opening this up. If you want to hear about your team specifically, send it our way. And if you type up the question nicely, nicely make it easy, we will talk about it. Also, uh, I wanted to mention, Curtis, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago now, but the best ball baseball teams that I have drafted on underdog Oh boy. I'm yeah. uh, in the money in two of these leagues. Uh I have no idea if that is going to continue. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've got the fever here and uh you know I'm I might even be starting <laughs> to play some daily uh daily MLB contests on underdog. Well, I love the reminder there. We've we've obviously been excited to talk about our partnership uh with underdog, but this is a great reminder that you, know, you can play NBA. Uh, you can do some player props on there and then, you know, the other sports, whether it's, it's their version of DFS, you, you even have like the three team best ball. 
formats that are a little different. They have the the freshmen and or the rookies and sophomores format in NFL and then baseball. A little bit of everything. Just a quick reminder: promo code RotoVisit sign up. You can get a hundred bucks on a hundred dollar deposit. Hundred free on your hundred dollars. Um, yeah. Where's Kevin's roster at now, Dave? All right. So his quarterback. Trey Lance, running backs, Sanders, Hunt, and Penny. Wide receivers, Chase, Jefferson, Diggs, Williams, <laughs> Moore, Anderson, and Landry. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss on those receivers. I know, man. Uh, tight ends, Henry oh. and Komet. 2022 mm. picks. He has the 203, 204, 304, 307, 403. 2023, zero firsts, but three seconds. And then all of his uh, team's original picks beyond there. Okay. Um, I like that. Okay. So I like the team more now than when you took it over just from, you know, your overall roster value, I think has increased Um, your prospects for 2022 now rest heavily on whether Trey Lance starts. You're going to obviously be able to draft any number of, um, you know, kind of quote unquote boring veterans in the rookie draft uh, with four picks before the 307 and in per- perhaps even at that four or three, you'd be able to get, you know, a, a Matt Ryan or a Carson Wentz or somebody who's kind of just been thrown by the wayside. So you're, you're going to be able to stream that position until Lance takes over, you know, so I like it, you know, rookie draft this year, um, as we've discussed kind of that cutoff uh, it, it really is unfortunately right in the range of your two or three pick. So you you might consider bundling the 203 and 204 to try to get into that late first if there's a specific target that you have. Um, I don't think that you're going to be adding to your running back crew here. Um, so really the only reason to do that would be if somebody in that wide receiver crop fell, if, if Olave or Jameson Williams, probably the, the two most likely to fall toward the end of the first round. Um, based off of what I've seen so far, you could try to bundle those picks. I'm, you're probably going to end up just staying put here, hoping that like a George Pickens uh, or David Bell slides to you at 203. At 204, you know, Rashad White, if he's available, is an interesting option. Uh, you might be able to get the tight end one here. I, I think you're going to probably end up playing the board. Now, as I look forward to 2023, though, um, Three seconds there will be pretty interesting. There's some exciting quarterback prospects in 2023. And I think that's where you could add kind of your long-term QB2 to, to Trey Lance with some upside. And we also think, you know, of course, injuries, players not declaring, you know, there's things that can happen to a prospect class. But by and large, for fantasy purposes, we like the 23 class more than the 22 class. So it's it's not a bad spot to be in terms of being concentrated with value in in the second round there. Yeah. So there's some questions now um, that uh, I think that um, we we should talk about here. One being, should I try to make any more trades? And if so, suggestions. I think Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think you should continue to try to make some trades. Um, you should, you should be proud of where you're at right now. Um, you could try bundling some picks to move up again with only being able to keep 14 players each year here. You know, we care more about getting those high end picks than 
really building out the, the bottom of the roster quite as much because you're always going to be able to find some of that replaceable production uh, in this format of league. Looking at your running back crew, um, Miles Sanders in particular has a little bit of name value, but we don't really like him to produce above an RB2 pace no matter what this year. I'm also wondering if you could add Sanders to that 204 to get back into the late first. Um, and maybe you could even get into more of the middle first there and, and take a chance on, you know, a player that's fading a little bit down boards, but um, you know, there's still some reason to like him. And Dave, I think you outlined him in your breakaway rush score yep. uh, piece earlier this week, Isaiah Spiller, if he gets that, that day two draft capital, um, there are some things in his profile while he doesn't look like an absolute superstar. Um, he will probably have value for a longer period of time in the NFL than Miles Sanders at this point. Um, so you're just looking for ways to accrue value that you can then move when, for when you are uh, ready to compete at this point. The other thing that you could do is, um, you know, M- Mike Williams almost feels like a little extra here. Um, I'm wondering if you could target the Herbert owner and and get a little extra uh, for Mike. And so, you know, uh, I, in team context is always so tough and it's, it will be boring for people to listen to me go through every possible iteration uh, of just talking about this one team, like Dave said, but I think you could shop Mike Williams, you know, with the team bringing in Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen still being there. I mean, I like dubs, but I think it's probably unlikely that he does more than he's already done. I don't think he gets into that Diggs Jefferson chase tier of production. And you could kind of lean into Rondale stepping forward or Jarvis Landry signing on a team where he has some value. So flipping Williams into getting some of that um, kind of elite, a chance for an elite running back in this format would fast forward your, it, it might fast forward you into true competition in 2022 rather than 2023. Yeah, so one thing that I wanted to note there, having played in a couple of uh, leagues with this format, and we've actually talked about one of the teams where I didn't address the running back position enough, and Mm -hmm. I had a similarly constructed roster where my receivers were absolutely ridiculous, by and large the best grouping in the league. Um, but with the way that the roster requirements are structured, it was tough to extract that value every week. And even though I did have arguably the best running back in the league one season, but like no other running back, it made it hard. So one thing that I would say is just to be make sure that as you continue to grow this team and take advantage of the trade and the draft picks that you had and things that you can do, you just don't forget about that running back spot. You know, I know Curtis has already mentioned it, but I I will say having played in these types of leagues, it's easy to overestimate how far you can ride on the back of a very strong wide receiver core. Uh, When it's not a Rotoviz Triflex type of format, it gets a little bit harder in some of these leagues with rosters of that size. Okay. He's got a couple other questions here. I think we've, we've given a lot, a lot of good advice. The one that I want to, hit because it kind of plays off of the suggestion that I gave. And now I'm seeing that he asked this specific question. Do you think trading away one of my top wide receivers next off season is the right move? And if so, which one would be the best to move and why? Okay. So in the event that Mike Williams doesn't get you the interest that you're looking for, uh, just looking at your squad and when you're going to be ready to compete, you know, when you're going to be entering that perennial championship window that Sean talks about, 
Diggs is the more clear reason or, or player to shop. Um, having that nice combination of name value, uh, being post age curve, uh, peak age curve, you know, at age 29 in Buffalo, you know, he's not going to accrue anymore. He's probably as valuable today as he will ever be um, the rest of his career. Yep. You're not moving Jefferson or Chase, but I think Diggs would still command something like two mid first in this format. So, you know, you, you could, you could wait until the season starts and then, you know, get creative uh, with the Josh Allen manager or, you know, a team that looks other, you know, maybe a team that looks like a borderline playoff squad that would be willing to really surrender a lot of future draft capital for a player like Diggs. And then, of course, then you're leaning into Williams kind of being your your number one flex there versus Diggs being your number one flex. That that could make some sense. But again, you know, Diggs, Diggs would also be fine to just be a player that rides on your roster until he's no longer, you know, producing anything at this point. Because I think he has multiple elite seasons left in this offense. Um, overall, I will give you an A- minus for the moves that you've made. Um, I would be very happy to have started with the roster that you took over that orphan and to end up with where you're at today. I think um, it's not a finished product, but you've given yourself a lot of uh, flexibility and how you want to move forward. And um, I'm sure your league mates are both stressed about playing with you and also very happy that you joined the league because now they know there's another active owner that's going to make, you know, that FFPC format, you know, continue to be exciting for them, even though it's, you know, an old school one QB league. So kudos to you, Kevin. Yes, and we will be back later this week with one episode where we are going to be talking about an actual rookie draft that is happening, I believe, currently. Uh, always interesting to see how things shake out. And Curtis, I believe this is a league that uh, has a lot of industry names in it. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, man. We're going we're gonna to be talking about the Elite Lemonade Dynasty Football League rookie draft. We do it before the NFL draft each year. Uh, former Rotovizian TJ Calkins is our commissioner. We've got Scott Baird in this league. We've got uh, Mike Beers in this league. John Proctor of DFS fame. Um, ben Gretsch is in this league. It's it's a highly competitive one. Can't wait to share what that draft is looking like. Uh, we're almost through two rounds now. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.